This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope I find you well. I'm quite sure you know the result of the game by now and I'll come to it very soon. And once again, I'll be joined by the Evening Standards' Dom Smith. And also, uh, I'm pleased to say, I'm joined once again by David Gorton, who has travelled back out to Australia to see the game. Uh, His report is still to come. But first, just bear with me. I want to run you through a little timeline. I'm sure you're aware that our FA banned women's football back in 1921 and only allowed it to be played again 50 years later in 1971. Now, a year later, England women played their first international match away to Scotland, a match they won 3-2. A match, actually, I'd done a special episode on last year. You can find it on your podcast provider of choice. It's episode 233. It's called 50 Years On, The Story of England Women's First Game. From that, The game stumbled around for some time, with the likes of Southampton women and Doncaster Bells winning. And then along came Arsenal ladies to sweep up everything before them. And then we came to 2010, when the Women's Super League was born, to what we know now. But on the international front, the England women's team had had mixed results at the World Cup for when they qualified. Uh, Incidentally, the World Cup for women had only been introduced by FIFA in 1991. Now, in 1995, we qualified for it for the first time. We were out in the quarterfinals to Germany. We only qualified again for the World Cup in 2007. Again, we went out in the quarterfinals to the USA. Four years later, 2011, once again, it was the quarterfinals out to France this time on penalties. 2015, we made a step further. We got to the semi-finals where Japan put us out. And 2019, out in the semi-finals once again to the US of A. Then, on the 14th of August, 2020, this happened. Hi everyone, hope you're all well. This is Sarina Wiegman from Holland. I've been the Dutch national team coach for the last four years. I'm really excited and looking forward to become the head coach of the England national team in 2021. Good luck for the upcoming 12 months. Stay safe. Thanks for your support and see you soon. Little did we know what was going to happen next. 2022. A massive year for the Lionesses. Victory in the European Championships over Germany. Victory in the Finalissima over Brazil. And I mention these as I think it really shows how far we've come to put it all into perspective and to maybe not be too 
disheartened. Now, I confess, I didn't think I'd be doing a podcast episode this far into the tournament. As I think I said some way back, without Beth Mead, Leah Williamson, Frank Kirby, I thought our chances were hampered somewhat. Quarterfinals at best. And as the tournament began, it was hard work against Haiti and Denmark. Terrible performance against Nigeria. I thought I'd be proved right. Not that I didn't have the confidence in those that would replace them, but more, could they gel as a team together? But lo and behold, they did. And I guess that's what tournament football, in a nutshell, is all about. Get through your group, then win the knockouts by hook or by crook, beating Colombia and then Australia. So Spain in the final, I knew it was going to be tough. And I thought, we might have the upper hand going into the game, but not by much. And before the match, I looked back at some patterns that occurred in the games over the years. Not that it means a great deal, but on five previous occasions, the World Cup winners have been those that had already won their Continental Trophy. So this was where my hopes kind of lie. In 1991, the Gold Cup, as it was known back then, uh, the USA were the winners. A few months later, in 1991, the USA won the World Cup. 2001, the European champions were Germany. 2003, the World Cup winners were Germany. 2005, the Germans retained their European championships. And in 2007, the Germans retained the World Cup. In 2014, the USA won the CONCACAF tournament, which is what the Gold Cup was now known as. Uh, A year later, they won the World Cup. And just as Germany had done in 2001, 2003 and 2005, 2007, the USA won the CONCACAF Cup in 2018 and were the most recent winners of the World Cup in 2019. You know where I'm going with this. 2022, England, European champions. So I was hoping, along with the rest of the country, that 2023 would be our year. But the World Cup winners are Spain. And congratulations to them. Now, let's welcome back the Evening Standards, Dom Smith. Hello, Dom. Hello there. Hi there. That champagne I mentioned on the last episode, uh, we're just going to have to put it back on ice, aren't we? Just just wasn't our night or our morning, depending on the time you watched it. No, it was a final where we didn't really ever get into the match, did we? Spain were dominating possession right from the beginning of the of the game, and, and they saw that out all the way through it. I don't think England were really able to get into it and find any rhythm, keep much of the ball. You know, and in the end, I think the right team won. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it's a case of we played badly. I think, as you say, Spain just just dominated the possession and, and done what they can do with it. And we just ultimately couldn't break them down. Um, let's just quickly... Um, mentioned the team. It was the same starting eleven 
um, that Serena Feigman has picked for the last two games, um, which was Mary Earps, Jess Carter, Millie Bright, Alex Greenwood, Lucy Bronze, Kira Walsh, Georgia Stanway, Rachel Daly, Ella Toon, Lauren Hemp and Alessia Russo. They were the starting 11 that that we hoped would take us to glory. But as you say, uh, Spain put on the, the early pressure in the game. And yeah, I, I kind of made a note to say it was fairly evenly matched between the two, but, but Spain just had that edge, didn't they? They did, yeah. Um, they were able to keep the ball better, as we've already said, and they created more chances as well. It felt like they had a chance about every five or ten minutes, which England can't claim to have to have conjured up. Um, yeah, England had their opportunities. They obviously hit the hit the crossbar pretty early on. It was a good it, effort, that wasn't it, Lauren Hemp? It was, it was a good effort, but but in the in these final in these finals or these big matches, you know, if you get a chance that good early on, maybe you assume that you're going to get loads more. But you know, I think we've seen enough of these big matches to know that you're probably unlikely to have more than 15 efforts of any type whether they're from from distance or speculative or scraped from a corner or something so yeah you've got to take them I know it was a good effort from Lauren Hemp but I I wasn't expecting to have England to have too many brilliant opportunities beyond that and and they didn't did they but but Spain on the other hand did they as well as the penalty of course they had so many chances from open play and and Mary Earps played a blinder to be honest to keep it to one to one goal I don't think England deserved to to lose by more than a goal, but um, on the chances that Spain created, it could easily have, have been so. Yeah, she she had a great game in in the saves that she made. Well, let's let's talk about the the goal. Uh, Lucy Bronze caught out of position, basically dispossessed in the uh, around the centre circle was wasn't it um, on around twenty six twenty seven minutes. Ball ended up at Carmenara as she's bearing down on on golf from an angle. Alessia Russo couldn't couldn't catch her and she strike it across Mary Earps, didn't she, into that far corner to make it one 0 and and ultimately the only goal of the game. Absolutely, it was a lovely ball across field from Teresa Abayera, which kind of created the chance, and then Caldente played it along to. To Carmona, who, you know, as a left back, finished superbly. Yeah. To be fair, right, right into the corner, whistled past Erps, and, and and Spain had a a moment. And you know, you just wondered in that in that instance, was this a don't worry, England will turn back, or was this a here we go? This could be, you know, this could be a, a night that that just isn't England's. And and in the end, it unfortunately ended up being the latter. England never really quite got into it. Had a few chances, but. Yeah, Spain kept creating, kept the ball, defended well, and uh, yeah, definitely deserved it. Yeah, uh, there was a lot made on the the TV. I don't know what channel you were watching. I was watching the BBC. Um, yeah. Kind of stuck in that sort of tradition. Whenever there's a a game that's being shown on both channels, I'll, I'll always pump for for BBC. It's just a personal preference of mine. But um, they, yeah, they they were talking about Lucy Bronze that. She'll be so disappointed. I mean, obviously for the the goal that happened, but as well, just this this was her dream, wasn't it? They've she's wanted this one for for so long. Straight after the Euros last year, she knew the the bigger picture as well was to to strike forward for this World Cup. And I, I off the top of my head, I'm not quite sure how old she is, but I don't know if she's going to get another shot at a World Cup. 
No, I mean, she's 31, so she she would only be 35 at the next World Cup. So it is possible. Mm. But of course, the other question becomes, are you are you still first choice at that time? Yeah. Um, and is Serena Wiegmann, you know, the, the best work manager in the world still in charge? So there are lots of lots of questions. And this was definitely England's best chance uh, of winning a World Cup. It wasn't a tournament that had gone all their, all their way. They'd, they'd lost players to injury before the tournament. They lost a player during the tournament to a suspension. They had to go to a penalty shootout. They'd gone behind in a couple of games, or at least one, I think. So, um, yeah, you know, we, England England didn't have it all their own way, but it's easy to forget that that, that Spain didn't either. I, I think Spain are, are still missing about 12 of their players. I think if England were missing 12 of their players, I don't think we'd be in the final. It's absolutely incredible the strength in depth that, that, their, that their team has. And, and OK, of, of the 12 that... that uh, kind of stepped away from the international setup last August, who who still haven't come back because it was fifteen overall, but three came back. Of, of the yeah. twelve who still haven't, maybe only three of them would get into the starting lineup. But that's still an awful lot of quality to be missing. So to be winning the the World Cup is real credit to them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, congratulations to them uh, for everything you said there, the way they've gone about it. And, and to come away in the last game and, and win it and take that trophy home. Congratulations to them. But that, the second half, respect to the game, we, we made a few changes. Alessia Russo was replaced by Lauren James, who I think we, we spoke on the last episode where we kind of thought that she would come off the bench. But, but like Alessia Russo, didn't really have that sort of cutting edge to, to change the game in England's favour. Chloe Kelly also came on for Rachel Daly. It was a, a change of formation, which was, I guess, Serena Weigman's last throw of the dice for that half. Yeah, I, I, I wondered whether maybe the right decision was to... I mean, I mean, when I say this, I wondered before the match. I'm not going to sit here and say that I was wondering this after because hindsight helps no one. But no. I wondered whether maybe the right decision was Lauren James because, as you mentioned in the last episode, it's Ella Toon who's got a proven track record of being a, an impressive substitute and and uh, Lauren James hasn't quite shown that yet. But But also, I think against Spain that's a team who keep the ball better than anyone else in world football. So you need players who can receive the ball, turn and keep it and distribute it to teammates. And and although Ella Toon is the more experienced England international and maybe the more intelligent player off the ball, I would say she's more easily dispossessed than Lauren James and that Lauren James is, is better and, and actually had to show this in this match because of how well Spain pressed it. When Lauren James had the ball, she was well in her own half. And she was often receiving it from a defender facing her own goal, but she turned well. She got out of trouble. And and I just wondered whether it might have been a little bit more sensible for England to have started with her. But I understand why Serena Wiegmann didn't, because she, she had shown naivety against Nigeria. And Ella Toon had come into her own a little bit in this tournament. So, you know, the, the, these are fine margins. And to be honest, I don't think that would have been the difference in terms of the result. I don't think starting Lauren James over Ella Toon was going to was going to change the result of this match. Just like I don't think England maybe would have, England uh, probably wouldn't have won this final, even if they'd kept their two strikers or their two players who can play up front, Daly and Russo on at halftime. This was just a case of the second, by my reckoning, the second best team in the world facing the best team in the world and losing to them. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the second half, the second half's moment, I guess, 
was the the penalty. Kira Walsh penalised for handling the ball in the box after it was chipped against her. Um, it, it's a, a tough one to take. Ultimately, the ball hits your hand in the uh, the penalty box. There was a, a long chat for VAR. I didn't actually make a note of what time the incident happened, um, but it was certainly a good five minutes that sort of took the referee to to speak with VAR, to go to VAR, to award the uh, the penalty, which ultimately was a poor penalty from Hermonso. Uh, Mary Earps, though, was, well, saved it. She's got a, a track record of, of saving penalties, um, and that will probably be her highlight of the match. Um, if I'm, I'm not sure she'll look back on it like that, but any save in a, uh, in a match from a, for a goalkeeper is, is a good one. Absolutely, and I don't think she needed to make a save when we beat Nigeria in that shootout because of their misses. So yeah, nice for her to get that moment. But oh, I'm not sure it's a penalty. Does it strike her hand? Absolutely. Is her hand away from her body, and and thus was it not? Was it? Is it correct to say it wasn't going to touch her if her hand hadn't been there? Of course, that's that's also true. But it was point blank range. That yeah. that's what I have a problem with it. I don't think it had travelled even a metre, maybe even half a metre off the, off the player who earned the penalty to, to Kira Walsh before it hit her hand. Uh, if you can't do anything to to take your hand away, uh, it shouldn't be an, uh, it shouldn't be a def- uh, deemed punishable. And that, that was the, the that was the language that the American referee used. Um, there's there's been a punishable handball, so it's a penalty. How is that punishable? Is it a handball? Yes. Could she have done anything about it? Not for me. I can't remember when this rule came in. Was it last year? Was it the season before when basically if the ball hits your hand in the box, it's a penalty. Uh, but as you say, there's there's nothing you can do to really move your hand in that instance. I think three, four years ago, it wouldn't have been given. Um, but now the thems are the rules, I think, isn't it? Absolutely. We're going to have to learn to live with it, but... Yeah, I have a suspicion. I have a suspicion that when people are watching highlights of this World Cup final in 20, 25 years' time, that there may be laughter at how that was given the penalty because I think we may have come up with a better way of, of punishing handball by then. We haven't got one yet, but I think we do need one. Yeah, well, let's, um, let's hope I, I so. would be, I would be happy if the rule was uh, deliberate only and I would be hard to judge, though. And I would be more happy if it was any time it ever touches your hand. When you, which, at which point that would be a penalty and you'd have some ridiculous penalties, but it would at least easily be detectable. You know, has it made contact with the hand? Then it's handball. But while we've still got that doubt of has it travelled long enough? Was, was the silhouette, was it going to hit the silhouette of your body anyway? While we've got that, we don't quite know where we stand. We need to know where we stand, I think. Yeah. I don't want to come across as like sour grapes, as it were. But what, what do we make of the referee? I, I thought this was the same referee that we had in the uh, for the semi final against Australia. Um, I thought on the whole she had a relatively good game, um, but there was a an instance with uh, the Spanish player Paraluelo. Paraluelo, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's my, uh, my Spanish twang's not there. Um, but yeah, it was booked in the first half, I believe, um, and then kicked the ball away uh, in the second half and was also the player that was involved with Alex Greenwood being caught 
um, by by her sort of trailing knee. I, I don't really have an objection to that one because that's sort of a it's just an in-game moment. I don't think there was any intent in that, but to kicking the ball away, much like handling the ball in the box, is a is a cardable offence. Yeah, I think probably most onlookers who are of a Spanish persuasion would have agreed that they maybe fell on um, on, on the the fortunate side of the refereeing for the final. But yeah, you know, as you've said yourself, it, it's a footnote, really. England have lost mm. the final for reasons other than that. Serena Weigmann, unfortunately, it's uh, her second World Cup final defeat. It's it's quite a sort of strange bookend to her current situation isn't it obviously she she lost as manager of the Netherlands to the USA in 2019 became the Lionesses manager went on this unbelievable streak of games for it to only be ended at this present moment in time in with another World Cup defeat must be must be heartbreaking for her Absolutely, but in so many ways she's made history. She's the first person to take two nations to World Cup finals in in, in the men's or the women's game. Um, I can't imagine, well, almost certainly there's never been a manager before who's taken a team to four major tournament finals in a row. It, it, the last time there was a Euros or World Cup final that that had no Serena Wiegmann managing the team in the final. That was the World Cup in 2015 in Canada. That's absolutely incredible. That. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, okay, she, she, she's lost at two World Cup finals and she's never won one, but that's absolutely gutting on a personal level. But there's no one who's taking that too much into consideration when, when you know, uh, on Judgment Day. I think she's comfortably the world's best manager for me. And she's still in contract until, was it 2027? Or was it 2025? 2025, which is the, which will be the Euros in Switzerland uh, by then. So hopefully we can, we can go forward for there and, and defend that. At the moment, I don't believe that the next World Cup hosts has been announced for 2027. I think that's where I'm getting my years confused. Um, it'd be great for her to still be in charge there, just to to tick this box of of winning a World Cup, wouldn't it? It would indeed. But you know, where does she stand if she stays on and she doesn't win it? Um, but I think she. Uh, I think we can all we can all agree that she'll almost certainly be at the European Championships in two years' time. She doesn't seem the sort of person who'd rip up rip up a contract. No. <laughs> and I also, I also think I was just saying this today actually. You know, if, if if you'd lost that final to the US or Brazil or someone, there's not much you can do about putting it right. But in two years' time, they, they may they may end up playing Spain again, and England can put that right. So I think she, you know, her competitive nature, I could imagine that being a a driver for for, for continuing on. Yeah, yeah, I get that. One thing that I did take note of uh, just just after the game, once just before the. The presentation was made. Mary Earps went up, um, awarded the Golden Glove, I think they call it. But before that, or, or just after it, was um, Bon Matty, player of the tournament. You called it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But I still think it should have been Alex Greenwood. I, I, I sort of, I, I, I could tell it was going to be Bon Matty, especially if they won this final. But I, I think Alex Greenwood was, it has been the best player of this tournament and, and deserved it. But you don't see the 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 golden ball at, at a World Cup given to a te- given to a player from a team who hasn't won it. 
unless it's 2014 and you give it to Lionel Messi rather than a German because it's Lionel Messi and it does well for the sponsorship deal. But I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure there were too many people complaining that it got to it got to Bon Matty, who, um, well, if she doesn't win the Ballon d'Or this year, then I think someone has made a or the journalists who vote for it have made a grave error because she. At the moment, for me, she's the best player in the world, and she she has been, if not the the best player at this tournament, then second only to Alex Greenwood. As a a journalist yourself, do you get a say in that? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I think I think the Ballon d'Or is decided by uh, one journalist from is it? Uh, from every uh, from from all of the top one hundred nations. Oh, I see. I see. So uh, yes, it's uh, it's a very exclusive club. Uh, I wasn't aware of how that was uh, was was awarded, um, but just going back to the uh, the awards ceremony just before Spain picked up the trophy, uh, it was a nice touch. I thought that the girls kept their medals on. Usually, when you see a a, a medal ceremony, an awards ceremony, as soon as the men go up on the losing side the medals come off straight away and I kind of think over time it's just become one of these things that you do out of habit um and they've seen other people do in the past but I I thought it was quite nice that they they kept it on despite I'm sure how frustrated they they felt and disappointed yeah uh, and frustrated maybe more than disappointed because they just never got into the game that they bet I'm not going to say that England barely touched the ball, but it didn't feel like they had long periods of possession. And when you're as good a team as the Lionesses are, that, that must have been incredibly frustrating. I think it's we, we know Spain can keep hold of the ball, can't we? And that that is probably where they, they've done the damage on us. Yeah, I agree. I think truth is we... We didn't see those big performances from the the big players on the the big occasion, mainly down to Spain just just having that slight edge on us. Unfortunately, yeah, sad times. But we, you know, England have done England have done themselves proud. Absolutely. And so the next game for the Lionesses will be, I, I believe, the uh, the Nations League, which which kicks off back in. Um, I think November, October, November time. The the women's Super League um, is probably about probably about six weeks away. The women's game uh, will continue, and I, th- I think this World Cup has just just grown it even more. There's been so many highlights in a uh, a World Cup hosted by both New Zealand and Australia, despite it being around the other side of the world. The amount of people that have that have got into it. This may be their first real deep dive into women's football but it's it's making big strides now absolutely um every world cup in euros at the moment is bigger than the last it felt like the euros last summer was a seismic moment where it was the biggest thing to talk about in football not just in women's football and and the same was true here so yeah i mean absolutely it's only going one way and and quite right too absolutely so it wasn't to be uh, the Lionesses on the losing side in the World Cup finals. Dom, thank you very much for your time, not just today, um, but throughout the, the World Cup in, in chatting to us. It's been really appreciated. Uh, I know you've been been busy and, and will continue to be busy working for the Evening Standard and, and bringing us various reports from the, from the Premier League. But I don't know if you've got any, are you scheduled for the women's game? I'm sure I'll be doing some of the Lionesses matches in the Nations League. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and, and and a fair amount of England men as well. 
Um, but yeah, all, all, all while balancing the Premier League and all these other club competitions. So it's a yeah, it's a, it's a very exciting life, but a life of juggling. Great stuff. I love it. Well, let's let's speak again soon. Maybe we'll uh, we'll, we'll give the uh, the lionesses a little break um, on the podcast here, but we'll be back. Maybe we can speak once that Nations League comes round again. Absolutely, it'd be a pleasure to. Many thanks to Dom there. As I've said throughout these episodes, you can find him on social media and, of course, in the Evening Standard, both online and in print. And I'm led to believe he's got a nice scoop coming up this week. So keep tabs on that, especially uh, from a Lioness's perspective. Now, in the group stages, you may remember I was joined by England fan David Gorton. Now, he's flown back out to Australia for the final. And I'm delighted to say he has sent us this report. Hi, everyone. Uh, It's just after 11.30 in Sydney, and I've just got back from the World Cup final where England were beaten 1-0 by Spain at Stadium Australia. I have to be honest, better team won on the night, Um, especially in the first half where we were largely second best. Um, They were first of the ball. They kept possession better than we did. Uh, We had a couple of good chances early on. Mary Earps also pulled off a cracking save in the, uh, the first 20 minutes. And unfortunately, a bit of a defensive lapse led to them getting the uh, the first and indeed only goal on the half-hour mark. Uh, looked a bit leggy in the first half. Brought on Lauren James and Chloe Kelly in the second half, which gave us a bit more energy. We played better in the second half, certainly, but I still think that we still just didn't look like we were, we were going to get back onto the game. Um, indeed, it could have been worse. Uh, again, more credit to Mary Earps, deserved winner of the Keeper of the Tournament. Saved a penalty, not a greatly taken one, it has to be said, but you've still got to stop them. And then another save shortly after that. Our best chance was from Lauren James, and surprisingly, who um, made the keeper pull off a save in the second half. I think it was just after the penalty save, to be perfectly honest. Normally a penalty sound like that can galvanise a team, but it didn't seem to work on this occasion. And so it's not to be. Um, we've lost one under Serena in terms of a competitive game for the first time. But we've got a lot to um, be proud of in this tournament. We've come out with th- without three of our best players. We've gone a lot further than most of us expected, including myself at the start of the tournament. I, I thought we'd struggle uh, past the quarterfinal stage um, with those absences, but no, we managed to get through. Yeah, we fell short on the day, but those things happen. You've got to just um, knuckle down and get back on with it and move on to the Nations League uh, games coming up in the autumn. And then qualification for Switzerland in 2025. And um, let's see if we can retain the title that we won last year. And that is it from me in terms of the World Cup 2023. I'm flying back home tomorrow. Got a little trip out to the Sea Life Centre before I go. And then that is me back to work on Wednesday. All the best. Cheers. Thank you to David there. Putting it all into perspective for us all what a couple of trips he's had Uh, he has seen England play in a World Cup final safe journey back to you David and again many thanks so that's all from me for this episode and indeed for the World Cup what a World Cup it's been I've really enjoyed it oh so close But it's the belief, 
that keeps you going. And as England fans, we know all about that, don't you? Thank you so much for tuning in throughout. I'm going to take a little break now and head away with the family. I'll be back with you in September in time for the men's games against Ukraine and Scotland. And as always, I'll have a preview for that. So stay subscribed and you won't miss it. So until the next time, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.